morning, and welcome back to Intrepid Radio, the show that brings you the world's most intrepid people. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by a gentleman who I'm really looking forward to talking to. He's done some interesting things over the last year or so, and I'm anxious to get into it with him. Say hello to Adam Shepard. He is a world traveler and best-selling author of, and we're going to hear to talk about his new book called One Year Lived. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks a lot, Todd. It's an honor. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, making some time to join me. Uh, Adam, before we get into a conversation around this book and what it's all about, take a few secs and just tell us a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. I graduated uh, from Merrimack College up in Massachusetts. Uh, I played basketball up there. Uh, then after college, I went to play professional basketball in Germany. That lasted about 36 hours. And so when I came home, <laughs> I had to do something with my life. And so I wrote my first book. I went out to live a social experiment. My first book is Scratch Beginnings. It is kind of a social experiment I did. I started with $25 and it closed on my back in a random city to see if in one year I could have $2,500, a car, and a furnished apartment. So kind of a little uh, discovery of the American dream of sorts. So I did that, wrote that book, enjoyed some success with that, did a bunch of speaking across the country. And then I came upon what we're here to talk about today, which was, okay, what, what am I going to do next? What, it, what else can I accomplish? And, uh, and it was an opportunity, this, this book, One Year Live, was an opportunity for me to step outside of my comfort zone a little bit. Well, the book One Year Lived is the documentation of that next thing in your life. Talk about the book. Talk about what prompted the adventure. Uh, let's just get into it. Yeah, the, you know, I was approaching 30 really fast. And I mean, I was 27 years old. I pulled out my, you know, my little bucket list, my little list of good times. And I kind of dusted it off. And I said, I need to, I need to do some of these things. Uh, I had 142 things on that list. I had to figure out, I, I, I knew that I wanted to take a trip abroad, but I had to figure out how to afford it, if it was going to be realistic for me to afford it. And so I started doing, picking up some extra shifts bartending. And I didn't know exactly at the beginning how much I wanted to save. I just kind of started saving. I started budgeting my money. I started going out to eat a little bit less. Uh, the car I was driving was just, I mean, beat up Plymouth Sundance air conditioning didn't work going uphill. And so I, I, I wanted to be able over two years to save money, uh, to be able to take one year out of my life to, to go abroad, to get missing a little bit. So I did this. I, I worked as a bartender and Todd, my God, I was a terrible bartender. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's the thing. I probably could have saved up a little bit quicker if I was a good bartender, but I was terrible. And, uh, but over two years I saved just under $20,000 and, I kind of reasoned from the beginning that I was going to take one year to go out into the world and spend all of my money. This was not a come back and have some money moving. I, I wanted to go out. I wanted to come home, turn 30, and be broke, and then move forward from there. And then hopefully, uh, I would ultimately have the greatest year of my life. Adam, I, there's a real important lesson there. I don't know if someone listening to that really picked up on it, but I, I think it's an important point that I want to talk about with you in that you decided on the next goal, the next project, the next mission, but you couldn't just get out and start it. You had to save some cash before you could do it. And if I heard you correctly, it took two years and you had to bartend. And what I think the problem with a lot of people, I mean, let's just be honest, there are a lot of people out there who've written their bucket list, 
Yep. And 99% of them, if not more, never cross off one damn thing from that list. And what I think holds most people back is the fact they're not willing to to do the bartending work for two years to pursue a goal or a dream or to get missing, as you put it. Why is that? Why, why are people so willing to put down this bucket list and say, here's the big things I want to do that would make me happy, that would make me fulfilled? Oh, but hey, I got a bartender for two years. I'm not going to do that. That's boring. That's awful. That won't look good. And they, that, so that they stay in status quo. Talk about, I, I'm willing to bet the two years bartending actually was a satisfying part of your life because you knew you were working towards and building up to doing something big. Am I, am I wrong? Oh my gosh, you are absolutely correct. And, and the thing is my first purchase was a $4 and 97 cent world map that I hung up on the wall and that made everything so much easier, put everything into perspective. And it really inspired me because it's not easy when all of your friends are going out and doing other things and they're taking vacations and they, are, are inviting you along and you say, no, I mean, I've, I've got to bartend two nights a week. I mean, and, and the weekends are the busiest nights when I can make the most money. And so to be able to look up at that world map really put everything into perspective for me because the sacrifice is not necessarily easy. Uh, and I use the word sacrifice lightly. I mean, bartending is not a sacrifice, but it, you transfer it into, as you say, this satisfying period of your life because you know that not next week, but next month, or not six months or a year down the road, but in two years, you are going to be sitting on a beach in Thailand, uh, sipping a Mai Tai. You're going to be volunteering with children in Honduras. Uh, you're going to be eating fish and chips in New Zealand. I think it puts everything into perspective that, hey, this isn't necessarily easy. I don't want to be bartending at 1130 on a Friday night, but my gosh, look at the payoff. If you can delay gratification just a little bit longer, look at the payoff to have this trip. For a week, a month, uh, six months, or as it was for me, for a full year to be able to go out into the world and have, like I say, the, the greatest experience of my life. So it, it, it was a very satisfying, to answer your question, it was a very satisfying two years of my life uh, because I knew exactly where I was heading. And it makes the actual execution of it, when you're out, as you said, doing all those things, even more satisfying knowing the, quote, sacrifice that you had to make to get there. Well, this delayed gratification, I mean, look, you're not the first guy to talk about that idea. Uh, there are countless books and podcasts and TV shows and this and that and movies and blah, 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 blah. All this media that talks about the power of the delayed gratification and what that could mean to achieving something big in your life. Why is that such a, a hard message to get across to people? Well, the, quite simply, we feel comfortable. We've got our little, we've got our lives, and we're moving forward. And the, the problem that I, I see, though, is that there's a very stiff paradigm, that, and it's tough for us to break out of that, you know, because because life is good. We're happy, you know, we're, we're and, and, and maybe happy is not the right word. Maybe content is a better word. You know, we've got our job, and then we go to happy hour. And then on the weekend, we sleep in and do yard work on Saturday. I mean, we have this sense that, hey, this is, this, is pretty, this is pretty okay. But I think if we understand that, hey, life is good. Because when I left, Todd, it wasn't like I was escaping something or I had an empty life. I mean, I had a happy life. But if we understand that by making these little sacrifices, 
that we can do so much more. We can step outside of the box, outside of the world, outside of our comfort zone. I think we just become complacent. And that's what makes it so difficult uh, to delay gratification because we say, oh my gosh, I, I like my Friday nights. I like my Saturday nights. And that's and that's fair. That that if, if you aren't willing to to make that sacrifice to delay gratification a little bit, then then go for it. Enjoy your life. But I'm just saying that the the reward, the payoff, as you and I are talking about, is huge. I mean, that when I am 70 years old, to look back on this, that this will probably still stand uh, among the greatest memories of my life. Uh, and I I think. If we can understand that in the present, you know, rather than waiting until we're 70, if we can understand that in the present, that's what makes delaying gratification so much easier. See, I think that's the key. And it's not easy. Imagine yourself, whether you're 20 something, 30 something, 40 something, whatever, and say, when I am on my deathbed and I'm reflecting back on my life, is the comfortable contentment that I have now getting up on Saturdays and having a cup of coffee and working in the yard a little bit and going to dinner with, mm-hmm. with the family, is that going to be enough for me on, on upon reflection to say I've lived a good life? Well, maybe so. And frankly, if that is, well, then keep on doing what you're doing. But if it's not, <laughs> well, look, I mean, there's a lot of people who who say they're content and happy, but you know you know as well as I do, deep down inside, there's a burning desire to do something bigger. And what holds a lot of people back is an unwillingness to do the two years of bartending or however that applies in their life. And just fear. I mean, I have to imagine fear. there is there yes. some fear to yes. taking this adventure and all that. You know, I, I mean, I probably... <laughs> Apply it to a, this is this is going to sound really goofy compared to you taking a, a year off to go travel the world. I just recently moved. I had lived in this other house for a couple of years and had settled into some nice routines and how I did my morning routine and how I did this, how I did that. And then when I moved into a new home, everything changed. I had to change routines. I had to change how I got ready for to get dressed and go out in, in the world and do things. I mean, everything kind of changed. But then I realized after a few weeks, I settled back into a nice new routine. I, the lesson there for me is is kind of what you said that you need to snap out of it and do something different, do something big because it, it gives you a chance to kind of reflect and re- recenter your life a little bit. Talk about some of those those lessons a bit. Yeah, well, I, I'm, and I'm glad I'm so glad you brought up the word fear because that w- you you can't take a, a an experience like traveling around the world or moving across town into a, a completely different comfort zone in your life as you have done. Uh, I, and, and so, the, but the word fear is what came up for me then and comes up for me a lot now. It's not easy. You've got it. You've got a good life and, and you're happy and you think, okay, if I save up for two years, I'm going to go out and have the greatest year of my life. But my gosh, look at everything that I'm giving up. I love my family and I'm, I'm meeting beautiful men and women in my life and, and I'm building a career and everything is kind of going smoothly for me. I think, if you're unwilling to, to step out of your comfort zone, then that's just how it is. But it, there are those people that are kind of on the brink, and that's where I was. I'm weighing the pros and cons, and it wasn't easy. I mean, th- there is a lot that I gave up, and I have a wonderful family and friends. When when we begin to take more risks in our life, when we begin to step out just a little bit, those are the most rewarding moments of our, of our lives, when we challenge ourselves to do just a little bit more. So we say, okay, yes, life is good. And we are we're moving forward, but what else can I do? Maybe I could do something a little bit, a little bit more. And so that when, when we take the risks, when we say, you know, I I, I may look back and and think, ah, a year uh, 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 giving up my career that was tough. But I know 
that I'm going to look back and this is going to be the greatest year of my life to be able to to volunteer, to be able to bungee jump, to be able to work a little bit on a on a cattle station in the outback of Australia, to be able to do these things that we we really don't have access to, especially here in the United States. You know, it takes overcoming fear. It takes a little bit of risk. And and again, I'll tell you that the payoff is huge. Well, it, you don't have to travel the world to achieve this feeling of getting out of your comfort zone and feeling the reward from it. I, mean, I gave a speech yesterday, and I have no fear of public speaking. I, In fact, I love it, and, and I relish the chance to get up in front of people and, and, and talk about a message. But it doesn't mean you don't feel a little anxiety and, and you're nervous because you want to perform well. You hope your message resonates. I mean, so there's always this anxiety when you do something out of the norm. But, oh, my gosh, when, when you're done, you say thank you for your attention and people applaud. Boy, the satisfaction you feel uh, is an amazing thing. And, and when the wheel's down on your plane, when you landed back in the States and, and the mission accomplished, I mean, that, that had to just be enormously satisfying. I, I, I don't know why people aren't more willing to take a bold step to, to get that adrenaline rush and that high from that, that thrill of victory. You know, and, and, and I'm glad that you brought up the idea that you don't have to go abroad. You don't have to leave the country. I mean, this isn't, I mean, everybody listening, it, it may not be practical for a variety of reasons, health reasons, family reasons. I mean, it may not be practical to take a full year to travel around the world. And I understand that. Uh, I think it's very realistic for anyone to do it, but I, I understand that it's not possible for everyone. But you're talking about these little baby steps outside of your comfort zone, doing a speech, volunteering once a week with the SPCA, you know, going to a homeless shelter and, and seeing what life can be like, you know, volunteering at a homeless shelter, seeing what life is like kind of on the other side, so to speak, doing some, doing little things outside of your comfort zone. That's what I that's what I'm talking about here. And and I just happen to pick many other countries in the world to to step outside of my comfort zone. But I think it's a matter of taking these baby steps. I, I don't know that it's realistic for everyone to just go from a normal, you know, everyday nine to five life to, okay, I'm immediately going to plan a one year trip around the world. Take a week and go to Guatemala. Take take a week and go somewhere new and different that you've never been or even thought about in the United States. Uh, take a night and as you did, step on stage and speak to an audience. And, and you know, when everybody fears public speaking, do, do it. Right. Just go out and do it. And I think that's the thing. To take a year to travel around the world, I think it's practical. I think it's realistic. And I think if you save for two years, you can do it. But I think in the, in the interim, in the meantime, it's a matter of stepping outside of your comfort zone a little bit at a time. There's another concept here I want to talk about with you because I'm fascinated to get into this with you. And it's bear with me a minute because I'm going to set it, set this up a bit. But the, the in essence, the question is what's next for you? This notion, Lou Holtz, Coach Lou Holtz has this saying, if what you did yesterday was big, you haven't done a damn thing today. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with a gentleman named Chris Gillibo who just completed this uh, this task of visiting every nation in the world just finished that yep. to find him for five six seven years i just interviewed mike aruzioni about a week or so ago he was the captain of the u.s olympic hockey team in 1980 that shocked the world and defeated the soviets and won gold for this young whippersnapper team and and it's this question and i asked and i and i asked this of you because you've just done something really big that, that most people can't comprehend and, and will never aspire to in their life. But, but the big question of once you do something, what is Chris Gilbo going to do next? What, what, <laughs> what is he going to – I mean, if I, if I know Chris, he'll figure it out and he'll do something equally as big or bigger. Mike Ruzioni at 25 years old, was 
accomplished one of the greatest sports accomplishments that we may ever ever experience uh, you've just traveled the world for a year once you achieve something whatever that is to use my silly little example of of giving this speech which nice and i talk a lot but I mean, the problem a lot of people have is they then begin to rest on their laurels and say hey i can ride the the, the coattails of this big thing i just did and I, and I can i can try to live on that and and, and be empowered by that or I can set about and do the next thing. Talk about that whole idea a bit, and, and what that when I the, the question I was really asking there was, what are you going to do next? <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, I think it, there there are two things that are important for me uh, along the lines of this discussion. Number one is that I'm very much in the present, and I take the time to to stop and smell the roses, so to speak, because I don't I don't want to just kind of discard this great year that I've had and then say. Okay, I've got to do something else, and 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 because then I will be in a life, a perpetual life of always, you know, trying to do something more and bigger, and and looking for an even higher adrenaline rush. You know, oh, I did one year around the world. Let's say for four years, and let's do two years around the world. Right. So I think I think I I very much am in the present, and I embrace that this year was fantastic, and I love this year. And so I and I I think it's important that we don't forget that as we are pursuing other things in our lives. That said, we always challenge ourselves. So we always okay, this was great, this was wonderful. What's next? And I but I think the next thing. As long as we are continuing to challenge ourselves to step out a little bit, I think the next thing doesn't have to be as big and as huge as the last thing. It just has to be something that keeps us on our toes, keeps us on edge. And this could be, you know, I met I met my my wife on this trip. She's from Slovakia. We met in Honduras. She lives in the United States now. We're married. She's a, just a fantastic woman. Maybe the next thing for me is to step back a little bit. Uh, step outside of, you know, step back into my little apartment here in the United States and be a wonderful, wonderful husband and dedicate myself to, to a great relationship. In a few years, maybe it will be to have children. I think the, these are also great challenges in our lives. So you say, what am I going to do next? I'm going to pimp the heck out of this book for <laughs> as, long as, as long as possible. And that is a huge challenge. And that's something that really demands a lot of my time. But I think as long as I am challenging myself, as long as Chris Gillibo is challenging himself, I mean, he's been to all the countries in the world, and that's a tough place to be because now you're right. People say, oh my gosh, you've done that. Now you have to do something more, bigger, different. But no, I think as long as you are challenging yourself and, and you know, maintaining a fantastic relationship with my wife it is not easy. She is an awesome, awesome woman. And we, we challenge ourselves every day to be the great couple that we think that we can be. And so so it's not a matter of, oh, I, I did a year and I fought bulls and I volunteered with children and I made love on the beach and it was awesome. It's not a matter of me one-upping those. It's a matter of me taking comfort in everyday challenges uh, as I consider what the next project so to speak will be in my life yeah if this w was an adult show we could go deeper in how you could one up the making love on a beach thing but uh, uh you know you brought up a good point and and it applies to everybody listening to this thing whether you're a, uh, a cube jockey and you're doing sales or you're doing your thing whatever this this idea of being present you know that was how you were able to enjoy and relish survive this two years of bartending to to fund this 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 adventure was the fact that you knew every day you were working towards that and you were taking the small steps to to get to where you needed to be this this notion of being present it, to me it's like a sales guy who's thinking longer term about meeting a sales quota for instance 
and you know sales manager on his butt and after him and pressuring him but and he and his and his mind is on that not on today when he should be putting full attention and being present with the conversation with the prospect he's having and really getting into that and enjoying that exchange and that that interaction and serving that person well and if you do that and if you focus and you are present and you're in the moment, all, we'll see if we can use all the words that apply to this thing, then then the long-term goal will take care of itself. I mean, the, the quota will be met if you if that's how you interact on a day-to-day basis leading up to that deadline. I mean, I, talk more about the, the value of being present and, frankly, how you how you shift your mindset. That's not easy for a lot of people. Most people don't do that. It's not easy. And, and, and But if you can get to this place where you enjoy the journey rather than the end result, my gosh, what power there is there, right? Because you may meet sales numbers or you may not, but you can, the success of your life cannot rest on that one number. The success of your life has to rest on enjoying the process of meeting people and perhaps doing a deal and working hard and, and acting in an honest and ethical way. You know, I think if you enjoy that process on a day-to-day basis, and if you don't, then you need to get there. And that, and I think that's, like you say, that's not easy to do. For me, it was a matter of putting up a map on the wall. That's how I enjoyed every day. That's how I said every every rum and coke I'm making, every Bud Light that I'm serving <laughs> is one dollar closer uh, to my goal. And and at the end, I may have fourteen thousand dollars. I may have thirty thousand dollars. We'll see. But as long as I'm serving these drinks, and then I come home and I look up at this map on my wall, that's what kept me in the present. Because it's like you say, it's not easy. It's not easy to get to that place where you're enjoying the journey along the way because there are good times and there are bad times. You miss a big sale. Uh, you you have a terrible night of tips. You know your map falls down off the wall. I mean there there are times that that aren't easy. And, and you just put it all back together and, and move forward. Yeah. Well, Adam, I'm about a third of the way through the book, uh, and I appreciate you, uh, you uh, getting that to me. And I've really enjoyed it. I really encourage the audience to check it out. It's a, it's a, a cool adventure, and it opens your eyes to, to what's really possible. Adam, uh, we're out of time. Before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing, and get their hands on this book, One Year Lived? Yeah, the book is at uh, is at Amazon.com. My website is uh, OneYearLived.com, and you can that's where you can connect with me and send me an email. Any questions? I got a bunch of uh, frequently asked questions on there that can kind of answer. You know, what what do I have to do? Can I do this? Is this realistic for me? Yes, yeah, send me an email through OneYearLive.com, but the uh, the book is available at Amazon. All right, Adam Shepard, the best selling author of One Year Lived and World Traveler. Adam, it was great to have you. Thanks so much for stopping by and joining us. Absolutely. Thanks, Todd. All right. Well, that wraps this episode. On behalf of my guest, Adam Shepard, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you next time on Intrepid Radio. 